Welcome to the Pizza Bros Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jesse. And today we're going to be reading you episode one, Pizza Bros Chesterwood. In an affluent suburb called Chesterwood, there's a strip mall by a busy road. One of the many stores in this strip mall is a Pizza Bros. This Pizza Bros is one of a thousand national pizza delivery shops made famous by the founder and his cowboy persona. Inside this particular Pizza Bros is a bald, dingy little man sleeping on a cramped office floor. He sleeps on top of a makeshift bed made of insulated pizza bags. This man's name is Ed. Ed closed the store last night, and he has to open the store this morning. That's his duty as the general manager. So he sleeps on the dirty office floor in dreams. In this dream, Ed is living out his wildest fantasy. He's the general manager of McBurgers, a clean and modern fast food restaurant. Ed is surrounded by customers and his family who loud him with praise. This is the best McBurgers I've ever been to, says one customer. You're a fantastic general manager, says another. Ed's wife and daughter run up to Ed and hug him with all their might. You're the bestest, hardest working daddy ever, says his daughter. Thank you for all the sacrifices you make for our family, his wife lovingly purrs. Outside the store, a car pulls into a parking space. Steve, one of Ed's delivery drivers, cheerfully pops out of his car and heads inside. On his way in, Steve sees an old woman struggling with her groceries and offers to help her load them into her car. She gratefully accepts the help. What a kind young man you are, the woman exclaims. Just doing what's right, ma'am. You have a great day, Steve says with a smile. Steve continues to the front door of Pizza Bros. He finds that the lights are off and the front door is locked. Huh, that's strange. It should be here by now, he says aloud. Steve looks around the parking lot and notices that Ed's truck hasn't moved from the night before. Steve bangs loudly on the door to get Ed's attention. Back in Ed's office, Ed is suddenly roused from his dream by Steve's loud banging. He groggily opens his eyes and takes a look around his office and cries out with defeat, Oh no, I'm still here! Ed rises from his makeshift bed, grabs his cell phone from the desk, and stumbles towards the front door. As he does, he pauses under a no-smoking sign and lights a cigarette inside the store. Ed takes a deep, frustrated drag and complains in his gruff smoker's voice. This job is ruining my life. Giving me hemorrhoids, making my hair fall out, working 60 hours this week, only getting paid for 40, can't sleep in my own bed, wife's nagging me about never being around. Ed takes another deep, frustrated drag from his cigarette. Screw this place, <coughs> he says with a cough. Ed flicks his cigarette onto the ground and shuffles towards the front door to let Steve in. Ed frowns as he sees Steve's bright and cheery face. Good morning, Ed, says Steve with a smile. I don't know about good, but it's definitely morning, Ed gruffly replies. Steve looks Ed up and down. Immediately, Steve's smile turns to a frown at Ed's disheveled appearance. You slept on the office floor again, didn't you? Asks Steve with concern. So what if I did? Ed replies. You're not taking very good care of yourself. You can't close and then open in the morning three days a week. It's not good for you, says Steve matter-of-factly. Look, Riley needs time off too. He can't be the closing manager every night, says Ed. Steve's mind drifts as he imagines what Riley does on his night off. In his mind, 
Steve can see Riley in his dirty hoard house, reclining on a stained couch and complaining about not being paid to sleep at work. Steve shakes his head to bring himself back to reality. I mean, how does your wife feel about you never being home? Steve asks. My wife is none of your business. Quit worrying about me. You've got prep to worry about. Dennis is coming in early to help out. With the new promotion, we're going to get slammed, says Ed. Steve clocks in at the register and heads back to the prep area. The food prep area is about 12 feet wide by about 12 feet long, with a big metal table in the middle, a huge walk-in refrigerator on one side, and a three-compartment sink on the other. This is where the Pizza Bros employees get all the pizza ingredients ready for the day. Steve goes into the big walk-in refrigerator and grabs several boxes full of ingredients. He places the boxes on a shiny metal table. Then, he transfers the contents of the boxes into clear plastic containers and correctly labels them. As he works, Steve hears the front door open and close with a ding. In walks Dennis, holding his big schmuck's coffee cup in his hand. Dennis clocks in at the register and heads back to the prep area to talk to Steve. Good morning, Dennis, says Steve with a smile. You don't get to tell me the quality of my morning, says Dennis with a scowl. I'm sorry, what happened to you, asks Steve. Don't get me started, complains Dennis. First off, some Karen bumper tapped me in the Big Schmuck's drive-thru, so I had to deal with that, Dennis gripes. Steve picks up the heavy case of sauce cans with a grunt and heads back to the prep area. Dennis again follows Steve, continuing his complaints. Secondly, I go to take a sip of my coffee, and of course those steam jockeys couldn't even put a flippin' lid on, right? So half of my latte ends up all over my beard and shirt. Dennis gestures over his face and stained Pizza Bros uniform. Steve places the heavy case of sauce cans on the table with a thud and locates two large plastic tubs to drain the sauce into. Then what happened, asked Steve. Then I got stuck in the worst kind of traffic, school traffic. Like, come on, can't we just remotely teach these kids? Why am I wasting my tax money on buses? Dennis asks rhetorically. Steve opens the sauce cans with a commercial-sized can opener attached to the prep table. Sounds rough, says Steve sarcastically. So I'm going to be a very pleasant, half-caffeinated dentist today, he complains loudly. Hmm, thanks for the heads up that today will be different from every other day, says Steve as he rolls his eyes. As Steve continues to do all the prep work by himself, Dennis questions Steve. Did you get meats done? Asks Dennis. Yeah, six pepperoni... Three sausage and three bacon, says Steve. Dennis nods his head in approval. Veggies? Asked Dennis. Didn't need them. We got plenty of backups from yesterday, says Steve. Oh, good, good, says Dennis. Dennis pauses and looks around the room for something to complain about. As Steve lifts a sauce can and dumps it into a large, clear plastic bucket, Dennis finds it. Um, I'm sorry, but is that how you actually open a can? Asks Dennis. Do you have a problem with the way I open a can? Asked Steve with a confused look on his face. Well, I don't mean to tell you what to do, but as the senior delivery driver, I'd never open a can like that, says Dennis, faking authority. Steve looks at Dennis with a frustrated look and replies calmly. You know, there's no such thing as a senior delivery driver. Ed keeps offering you to make you a manager and you just refuse. Being a manager makes Pizza Bros my career. I've got a degree in paleontology. Do you really think this place is worthy of having such a qualified manager? I don't think so, says Dennis dismissively. 
As Steve formulates a rebuttal in his mind, a beeping sound comes from the make line indicating a new pizza order has been placed. From the front of the store, Ed calls out, I need your help up here. Steve and Dennis put their petty bickering aside and rush to help Ed. The make line is the heart of every pizza bro store, and there are a few stations it's made of. The dough table, where raw pizza dough is rolled out into circular pizzas and then placed onto wire screens. A saucing station, where pizza sauce is placed on the pizza dough, and a long refrigerated table, where toppings and cheese are put on top of the pizza dough to make a pizza. After this, the pizzas enter a huge, double-deck conveyor belt oven. The oven sits in the center of the room, cooking raw pizzas into finished masterpieces. The oven roars with the sounds of forced air and flames as pizzas travel down the conveyor belt. At the end of the pizza oven is a cut table, where, just like it sounds, pizzas are placed into delivery boxes and cut with a round pizza cutter and then sent out the door. The whole arrangement makes a rough U-shape with the dough table on the top left of the U and the cut table at the top right of the U. Above the make line are digital order screens that show the pizza orders that the employees are working on showing up to 30 at a time. As Steve and Dennis enter full view of the order screens, they are both taken aback at the sheer number of pizzas that have popped up on the screen at once. Wow! That's a lot of pizzas this early in the morning, says Steve with surprise in his voice. It's that dumb buy one, get two pizzas free before 10 a.m. promotion, quips Dennis. Steve scrolls through the orders on the screen with disbelief. There must be over 50 pizzas. I don't care how many there are or why they're being ordered. We got to get these made before actual lunch orders come rolling in, says Ed. The team has determined looks on their faces as they know exactly what they have to do. The three take their spots on the make line and crank out pizzas as fast as they can. Ed rolls out the dough. Dennis sauces and puts on toppings. And Steve puts cheese on the pizzas and pops them into the oven, staggering them between the top and bottom conveyor belts. They are solely focused on their exact spot in the assembly line and making pizzas as fast as possible. The three make these pizzas with dogged determination until 30 minutes later, they finally can see the light at the end of the tunnel. They've cleared the entire order screen. Last pizza going in the oven, Steve calls out to the other two. Ed wipes the sweat off his brow and exhales with relief as he leaves a line of cornmeal and flour across his forehead. Great job, you two. We make a really good team, says Ed with a sense of pride in his voice. Steve notices that Dennis has a horrified look on his face. Hey, Dennis, what's up? You don't look so good. Dennis doesn't say anything, but the look of anguish grows deeper. Dennis, buddy... You okay? Asks Ed with concern. Dennis takes a deep breath for effect. Let me ask you two a question. Who caught the pizzas as they came out of the oven? Asks Dennis with pain in his voice. Steve looks at Ed. I assumed Ed was catching the pizzas. Ed looks at Dennis. Dennis, weren't you catching the pizzas? Dennis is dead silent. Don't tell me that no one caught the pizzas says Ed with dismay. Steve and Ed spin on their heels and rush to the end of the pizza oven, only to find a pile of 30 large pizzas face down on the floor. Are you kidding me? Dennis, why didn't you catch the pizzas? You're the closest to the cut table. Me? You're the manager. It's your job to catch the pizzas. That makes all of this your fault. Dennis accuses. Guys, don't fight. We can fix this, says Steve. Shut, Shut up, Steve! Ed and Dennis both exclaim and promptly turn on each other again. This, right here, this is why I don't want to be a manager. They get blamed for everything! Exclaims Dennis as he gestures wildly with his hands. The only person blaming a manager is you! Ed snarls angrily. 
As Ed and Dennis argue, Steve pushes his way past them. In an attempt to at least salvage some of their hard work, he pulls the last 20 pizzas out of the oven, slices them, and gets them ready for delivery. Steve turns to Ed and Dennis, who are still bickering, and attempts to interrupt them. All we have to do is remake 30 pizzas. It's not that big of a deal. I was able to save 20. By this time, though, it was too late. Ed and Dennis's bickering is instead broken by the sound of the front door flying open. The situation goes from bad to worse. Debbie, Ed's boss, has just arrived to do her weekly check-in at the store. Debbie, constantly irritated from an ongoing divorce, is always looking to take her frustration out on everyone around her. Let's take a moment and explain a funny thing that happens at Pizza Bros. The higher you climb up the corporate ladder, the more you morph into what we call a corporate troll. Imagine a mad science experiment trying to smash a pig, a troll, and a middle manager together. That is roughly what everyone going up the corporate ladder here looks like. Except for the founder, of course. He's his own thing. Back at the store, Debbie can't see the pile of pizzas on the floor as she first enters the room. Ed, I'm here for your weekly check-in and then I'm going to use your office for a conference call. Debbie shouts in her raspy smoker's voice. As Debbie rounds the corner of the counter, she suddenly sees the pile of pizzas on the floor. Her trolley eyes narrow and her face turns red. She bares her sharp teeth with anger. That's it. This is the last straw. Do you have any idea how much food waste this is? This time, I'm firing everyone. It's time to bring in some new blood. Ed protests. No, wait just a second. This was an accident. An accident is something that happens every once in a while. This is the third time this has happened this month, exclaims Debbie in anger. No, please, I need this job. I'm already three months behind on my mortgage payments. I'll do anything, anything, Ed grovels. Debbie sees this as an opportunity to get even more out of Ed than she would have normally and pounces. Anything, huh, says Debbie. Debbie pretends to think for a moment and comes up with a solution that benefits her. All right, you get this mess cleaned up, remade, sent out within one hour, and get a perfect score on your next inspection, and then you can keep your job. But if you mess up at all, you're getting demoted back to the Farnold store. No, please, not Farnold. It's 45 minutes further from my house than this place, begs Ed. If you ever want to see your family again, then you'll do what I tell you, says Debbie menacingly. Oh, and if any of these or the new lunch deliveries are late, you'll be on your way to Farnold tonight, says Debbie with an evil laugh. <laughs> Debbie leaves the make line for Ed's office and slams the door behind her. Ed, in a state of panic, turns to Steve and Dennis. We gotta figure out what pizzas fell on the floor. Steve already has a printout of the orders in his hand. Got it right here. Thanks. Where did Dennis go? Asks Ed. Out back to smoke, says Steve dismissively. You know Debbie makes him uncomfortable. Ed fetches Dennis and returns to the make line. Dennis's eyes dart back and forth as he waits nervously for Debbie to pounce on him. Steve hands Ed the highlighted list of pizzas they need to remake. If no other orders come in, we should be able to do this. And let's make sure that we catch the pizzas this time, says Ed, who then laughs nervously. <laughs> we gotta catch him. Dennis, you're on cut table. 
declares Ed. As long as Debbie stays in the office and away from me, there's no problem, says Dennis confidently. The guys begin to remake the pizza orders when suddenly the order screen fills up with another 40 pizzas from the new orders. Are you kidding me? asks Ed. That's a lot of pizza, says Steve. There's no way we'll get this done in time. We need more help, says Dennis. Suddenly, the front door opens and in walks Jenny, one of the other delivery drivers. Her bright and bubbly personality can light up any room. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. I know I don't work till later, but I forgot my jacket last night, says Jenny pleasantly. As Jenny rounds the corner, she sees the mess that the guys have made. Whoa, you guys can't do anything without me, huh? What a mess! Ed realizes this is his only opportunity to not get sent back to Farnold. Can you clock in and give us a hand? We're in the weeds and could use some help! Ed begs. Jenny pretends to think about it. Hmm, I don't know. I am pretty busy today. There is a marathon of my morbidly obese plural little people family on right now. Ed continues to beg Jenny. Please, I'll owe you! Jenny pauses a second time. Shh! Did you hear that noise? Ed is alarmed. What noise? What's wrong now? It's my stomach. It says, a free pizza sounds good. Jenny declares in her sweetest voice. Sure, says Ed as he drips sweat down his bald head. With extra pepperoni? Jenny adds softly. Whatever you want, agrees Ed urgently. All right, you can count me in, Jenny says with excitement. Jenny clocks in and hops on the make line, taking Dennis's old spot on the sauce table. With the four of them now working together, the pizzas fly out of the oven in record time. Steve, Dennis, and Jenny load up the pizza bags with orders and head out onto the road to make their deliveries. After the drivers hit the road, Debbie emerges from Ed's office. She looks around and sees that all the pizzas have been successfully sent out, and Ed is cleaning up the mess from earlier. Well... Looks like you pulled this one out of your rump again, says Debbie gruffly. So, no Fortnite store? asks Ed. Right, replies Debbie. And I get to keep all my employees? asks Ed. For now. I have to head to the Chuck Fallon store. I'll see you next week, says Debbie as she walks out the door. But just before Debbie closes the door, she turns around and looks Ed dead in the eye. Remember... You still have to get a hundred on your next corporate inspection. The door closes behind Debbie. Ed sweats at the thought of getting a perfect score on his next inspection, making the flower on his head turn to paste. Suddenly, the door swings back open and Debbie's trolley head pops back in. And get that office cleaned up. It's disgusting. Looks like a homeless person's been living in there. Smells like it, too. Debbie is finally gone, and Ed realizes that him and his Pizza Bros crew will live to fight another day. The end. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pizza Bros Podcast. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and tell everyone you know. Because remember, without you, we'd have no audience.